it's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds as we uh, kick off another show here, and uh, we are dedicating this show basically exclusively to the Smart Modified Tour, which has returned to action after, uh, oh, about uh, half a dozen years in hiatus. Well, actually, no, more like uh, 16 years in hiatus. I was off by 10. Uh, But uh, we've got Burt Myers with us to start our coverage from this past weekend's Caraway race. Uh, Burt was not the winner. Burt was the runner-up finisher, but uh, felt like Burt would be the best first guest for us because Burt has been instrumental in kind of the resurrection of the series so this is where we'll start uh bert myers first of all great to have you on mainly modifieds and uh want to talk to you a little bit about uh what went into the thought process what was the genesis of uh the rebirth of the smart tour well first of all thanks for having me sure Uh, the the idea uh stems back from when I was younger and uh, and was a part of of my dad and, and a lot of the, the veteran modified drivers. Uh, being able to be a part of that and see what those guys had going on, and they they were kind of a self-sustaining group where they had board members and each, each team had a vote, and they kind of decided the direction they could go. And they would go to different tracks and schedule different races, and they had their own their own series. And um, you know yourself, if you've got a little skin in the game, uh, you, you're more passionate about it, and uh, you you will be more loyal to it for sure. And 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 of course, you can you know generate enough response uh, from each team because everybody's invested. So that was kind of the thought process I had, and and uh, you know I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but in the South. It seems that modifieds have slowly become a support class to yes. late model stock or super late models. Yes, and um, you know I can I can say I, I'm, I know I'm a little bit biased, but uh, modified racing to me is the best racing around. Oh, I agree um, totally. So, with that being said, uh, they deserve um, they deserve more than they were getting. So uh, you know I, I may have I may have got the ball I may have kicked the ball down the hill, but it, it it's taken the hard work of, of a lot of different people and the support from a lot of different teams to get this thing going and, and to try to get it back to the level that it, that it needs to be at. Well, I know that uh, one of the folks most instrumental in putting this first show together uh, is Chris Williams. And I know Chris has a great background in NASCAR, but how did it kind of come to pass that you – who recruited who? Did Chris come to you? Did you go to him? Did somebody else go to him? How did Chris Williams get involved um, in this? Because Chris has been kind of uh, steering the ship, and so far, from what I can see, doing a great job. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, Chris worked his butt off Saturday night. Sure um, did. <laughs> he did. He was up and down pit road and, and, and shaking hands and talking to people. And um, Basically, I've known Chris for a long time, and uh, I know that Chris is well-respected. Um, I know that Chris is a racer and a businessman at the same time, and uh, Chris is old school, and just like just like we are, and, yep. and just like that's exactly what we needed was somebody that had the same passion for racing and modifieds in general as the the main core of the group. 
So, uh, you know, Chris will tell you he his his he grew up in the backyard or necessarily the front yard of, of Martinsville Speedway. And he, he's told me stories about, you know, how it was some of his favorite times was when the Modifieds would come to Martinsville. Sure. So uh, several years ago, Chris came to us and wanted to rent a Modified. It was on his bucket list to run a Modified at Bowman Gray Stadium. So my dad rented Chris a car, and Chris was able to run, uh, I think he ran five or six races last year. Nice. So we, we, we got a little bit closer with Chris and, and got to know Chris a little bit better and found out that what, what I just told you was true. So whenever we started putting this thing together, we knew that it could not be, uh, you know, me or, or, or necessarily a, a driver or, or necessarily even a car owner. It needed to be somebody that, that had a business background as right. well as a racing background. Sure. And um, I made a call, and I said, Chris, what do you think? And he said, I'd, I'd love the opportunity to try to see what we can do. And um, that's kind of where we are at this point. So, Chris, uh, with the help of, obviously, everyone else involved, put uh, the show together at Caraway in about 10 days' time. And uh, away that we went over the weekend. And uh, really, I thought, um, for the first effort out of the box, I thought it was a really good show. Uh, let's talk about the race itself a little bit because, as always, you were fast all day and you were a factor all day. You led a bunch of laps. Uh, you know, it was kind of a crazy uh, last stage of the race, so to speak. Um, talk about the race from your point of view and how your night went uh, en route to your second-place finish. Well, we um, someone asked me before the race, you know, what I thought about my pit strategy and how hard I might run and that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, the way I look at my races is I decide to myself that I'm going to set a pace that I'm comfortable with. If that pace means I'm out front, that's fine. If that pace means I'm eight, that's fine. And and as the race got going, I was setting a pace that I thought I was comfortable at. I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was abusing my car. So um, it ended up that that being towards the front was where that comfortable spot was. And I inherited the lead after stage one. And um, and from there we kind of decided if we can make it to halfway or a little after. Uh, that's when we would make our pit stop. Um, after that is, is, is when some guys came in late and some guys maybe saved a little bit more than I could save, uh, because I was out front and, uh, and that's, you know, we just, we just ran out of tires at the end and, uh, but all in all, you know, qualified second and, and finished second. And, um, as far as the show is concerned, I thought it was a great show from people that, um, you know, outside looking in that, that have a different perspective from different from behind the steering wheel. Uh, they all said it was a great show. And, and I think that we did learn some things and, and there's going to be some, uh, some growing pains that we'll go through. Uh, but all in all, if you compare it to the shows that we've had in the past, it definitely wasn't any worse and it, it was probably a little bit better. Uh, but I think that the package that we have, um, you know, with, with being a hundred lap race with a tire change, and on the tire compound we're on, uh, someone actually made a comment to me that why are, why don't you just put a tire on that you can run hard all night long? And the difference is is modifieds are lightweight cars with high horsepower. Right. Yep. So what you create is single file racing. To me personally, and it's just my personal opinion, and and I think I've got a pretty good idea just because I've grown up around these cars. 
what makes a great modified race is when guys fall off. Right. When you have guys that run harder than other guys do and guys lay back and they save their stuff and maybe a guy pits at 30, maybe a guy pits at 70, and you know yourself you were there and you can attest to it, the transitions that went on throughout the night, the different leaders and the different uh, strategies, the different times that people pit and that kind of stuff, that to me, if I'm a fan sitting in the stands, that to me is what makes it exciting. I agree. And, and, and you know, I, I don't mean to slur it by any means, but um, to me, whenever cars run as fast at the end of the night as they qualified, you've got basically single-file racing. Yeah, Because what you got is what you got. Uh, when you have when you have a tire compound like we have, and you throw in the pit stop mix at the same time, and then of course we have our stage break uh, to encourage guys to run a little bit harder to try to get some bonus money. Um, you know, we're trying to to maximize the entertainment value at the same time. Well, I think it also brings up an interesting set of different potential strategy plays too, and I think. That even gets mixed into a chemistry of what's your driving style, how you like to race, how you like to set up your car, that kind of thing. So it becomes possible to win with multiple different strategies. It just all depends on how you execute the strategy you choose and then obviously a little bit of luck that the race falls your way. Well, exactly. Um, I, I really believe, of course, it's easy for me to say, but I really believe had we gone green, from 50 on, that I, I feel like I had, to, I had the race in the bag. Uh, I didn't feel like I was punishing my car. I had the track position I needed, and I was setting a good pace. But whenever we got that late caution and some guys were able to come in and, and make some pit stops or maybe some guys were able to advance because of another caution, um, it, it just throws a different mix into the thing. And, you know, a guy told me a long time ago, that's why it's called it's called racing, not yep. winning. Yep. Um, so it, it it's – to me, that's what makes it exciting, um, and and that's like I told somebody, if, if if the way the race played out the other night, I'm I'm not satisfied because I didn't win, but I am happy. You know, we had a great car count, sure. we had a great crowd. Um, I think that the way the show went was 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 awesome, with the pit strategy and like I said, everything the way everything kind of shook down. You saw guys. Um, that laid way back and rode and weren't a factor at all until 20 to go. Uh, you had some guys that were towards the front early, and then next thing you know, they weren't a factor anymore. Yep. Uh, to me, that just that to me is what makes racing. And and I've been fortunate enough to be around uh, modified racing my whole life. My mom and dad promoted a racetrack in the late 90s, so I got kind of that promoter side of things. And Tri- I feel County, like I also right? have Tri County. Yes, yep. sir. Yep. Uh, I feel like I have a, a pretty good grasp on what it takes to make modified racing entertaining because I grew up racing at Bowman Gray Stadium. Uh, you know, the promoter at Bowman Gray Stadium will tell you, hands down, it's more entertainment than it is racing. But they have a full field in every division and standing room only. Right. So how can you argue with that formula? So uh, that's kind of the, the reasons that we've implemented some of these procedures and rules and stuff. And, it, and it's, it's a group of people that have kind of decided this is, the, this, this is the direction we need to go at this point. Uh, are there some, some things that may be tweaked and adjusted um, if we can get through, you know, a handful of races this year and sit down and, and figure out what we're going to do? Um, yeah, you know, there may be some adjustments that we need to make. Uh, but for now, I think we have a good group, a good core 
of, of somewhat of, of decision makers, for better lack of terms, uh, that, that are trying to help get this thing going in the right direction is that have a mindset of the, the best interest of the group rather than the best interest of what helps me. So uh, that's kind of the direction we're going at this point. Okay, so we have an audience uh, for this show that goes well beyond the South. Uh, of course, everybody here knows who Burt Myers is, but not everybody who listens to this show uh, necessarily will will know a lot about Burt Myers. So you've told us that your folks uh, were involved in, in, in promoted Tri-County, which, for those who don't know, is... Uh, Probably about an hour, an hour and some change from where I'm sitting, uh, just outside of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, one of the, I think, the most enjoyable tracks to go watch racing at that I've experienced since I've been here uh, over the last 15 years or so. But uh, you're a 10-time Bowman Gray Stadium champion, and you've just, you've won dozens of races, and um, you've had quite a career. Did did you 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 say you grew up around it? Is that what was it? Just kind of a natural thing that you were going to be a race car driver, or how did that sort of kick in at some point? And how old were you when it happened? Well, you know, um, I never said if I race. I always said when I race. Okay. Um, and, and just to give the people that maybe don't know just a little bit of history, uh, my grandpa, Billy Myers and his brother, Bobby Myers were pioneers of the sport. They were pioneers of NASCAR. They raced in the early fifties. Ah, um, my grandpa, Billy and Bobby, uh, the Myers brothers award that's given out annually at the NASCAR awards uh, ceremonies is in honor and is in memory of Billy and Bobby Myers, and it's presented to a company, organization, or an individual who contributes the most to NASCAR Cup racing throughout their career. Gotcha. Uh, you know, former winners have been Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons, T. Wayne Robertson, uh, Bill France. Uh, just to go down the line, anybody who's anybody uh, that someone in NASCAR has won that award. Uh, it's something that we're very proud of. Um, my dad started racing the day he turned 16, he started racing and, um, he was self-made race car driver. He basically, uh, to back up just a little bit. Sure. Uh, Bobby Myers, my great uncle uh, was driving for Lee Petty in Darlington in 1957 and lost his life during the race. Um, six months later, roughly six months later in April of 1958, my grandpa, Billy, was leading the race at Bowman Gray on the white flag lap and drifted off the racetrack and died en route to the hospital of a heart attack. Oh. So um, to say that my family has given its life to racing is an understatement. Um, you know, we all say that because our lives all revolve around racing, but sure. we've actually had two family members that have given their lives, in my opinion, to racing. So wow. uh, my dad started racing when he was 16. Uh, he actually ran Grand National for a while. And uh, he got colon cancer, had to scale back, and came to Bowman Gray Stadium, and ni- back to Bowman Gray Stadium in 1980, where he was uh, ran the modified division, and uh, accumulated. I think through about mid 2000s, he accumulated 38 career wins. My brother and I both started racing at Bowman Gray. Um, I started in 1994 in the four cylinder division, ran one season, jumped into the modifieds in 1995. 
and um, 1999, I won the championship, and I am to this day, I'm still the youngest feature division champion at Bowman Gray at 20, I can't believe I don't know this, it was either 22 or 23 years old, I think I was 23 years old. Um, since then, I've been able to accumulate uh, 10 championships and, gosh, dog, it, 70-something wins, I can't remember how many, I know that's terrible to say, but. Um, we've well, kind of been out of touch just a little bit <laughs> with, yeah. with not racing at Bowman Gray this year. It's amazing. It's amazing how you get, it's so monotonous. You get so used yes. to it yep. and then have to step away for a while. But, uh, you know, it's hard to remember some of the stats and stuff that we're, we would, we go through because we're so looking forward to when is our next race that right. we don't have a lot of time to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... But I, I've been, God's blessed me and my family tremendously. Uh, I don't deserve it any more than anybody else, but. I can say that it, a lot of it is due to our hard work and dedication and that we put everything we've got into trying to be as successful as we can in the modified division. Well, you've had some some great supporters, too, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, from crew to sponsors, uh, you know, just people that, that have really helped you along the way, uh, as everybody does. So uh, before I forget to do that, uh, go ahead and let's uh, give some shout-outs to those who have helped you to get where you are because you've been here a while. Well, uh, right now my primary sponsor is Citrus Safe Cleaners. Uh, I got with those guys, my gosh, I guess it's been about 10 years ago now, and uh, we started a great relationship. There's a, It's a great Christian family that we clicked right off the beginning. And, um, you know, I, I learned a long time ago, it's it's all, and you know this, Tom, it's about relationships. Sure is. It's not about, hey, thanks for the check, talk to you later. You know, it, the way that this thing has to work is, and this is a sales pitch, of course, but it's it's the truth. You know, somebody told me one time, so, man, you, you got a really good sales pitch. I said, well, it's because I'm telling the truth. Exactly. If you're speaking yep. the truth, you don't have to remember. You know, it's what, what I think Mark Twain said. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember a thing. And um, the way that I look at it is, is, I'm offering exposure opportunity, and if I can offer an exposure opportunity to a company and they support me financially and I get in victory lane, then I can get them more exposure. They can give me more money financially. I can get them back in victory <laughs> exactly. lane. It's, it's just a, it's a snowball effect, Yep. And, and it's about relationships. But Citrus Safe has been with me for a while, and they, they, they've really been good to me, and um, I can't, I could, there's no way I could do it without Citrus Safe. And, um, uh, picked up uh, Backyard Leisure. Uh, they do pools and spas. Uh, John at Cleanup Supply. Here's a local company. Um, Haviland Express Lube. Uh, 811, Call Before You Dig and Piedmont Natural Gas. Uh, Fury Race Cars. The NASCAR Institute down there in uh, Mooresville. Uh, they, they build my motors for me. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, I could, you, you don't have enough time for me to thank the people that have made this, you know, have, have, have been along this journey with me and, and are still on this journey. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 you know, it, it puts my, my name's on the roof and I'm the guy you're interviewing right now, but it takes so many people to make this work. And my crew, my family, I mean, you know, it, this is just, it's not, uh, it's not, this is for us. A lot of people, a lot of people call it a hobby. Um, you know, for me, it's not a hobby. For me, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, this is what we do. And yep. We joke about. Exactly listen, right. I was born in December. My brother was born in November. My other kids were born around racing season. That's not a, that's not an accident. Okay. <laughs> 
pregnancies, <laughs> vacations, you know, I weddings, thought of it like that. But... All of that stuff is planned around racing season. Hey, if yeah. that was a hobby, that wouldn't be the case. Maybe that's why I was born in November. I don't know well, what happened. Go, My see? brother was born in June. I'm not sure what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a rain out somewhere. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was November, too. I, I never thought of it that way, uh, Bert, but that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a uh, like great I said, point. It, it's, uh, it, it's just what, it's what we do. You know, it, it's... <laughs> It's, you know, they say that whenever you're involved like we are, they say racing is in your blood. Yeah. Uh, it it really does consume everything you've got. It consumes it does. your yeah. whole life. It and, does. And, and if you approach it the right way and you and you embrace it, it can be a positive thing. And you've heard the old saying that racing is worse than drugs because there's rehab for drugs. <laughs> yeah, Listen, that's true. I don't want, to, I don't want rehab for no. racing. I agree. I'm right it's, there it's, with you. It's who I am. It's what we do. It's it's how we live. And 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 I think my mom even made the comment on one of the TV shows that we had that racing is what's kept our family together. You know, whenever you, you were at, you were there this past weekend, sure was up in the tower. My mom, my dad, my uncle, yep, my wife, yep, my brother's family, my kids. I mean, aunts, uncles. That's what keeps your family strong is having that common denominator. And guess what? We have fun at the same time. You're exactly right. So to me, it's a perfect storm. I agree. 100%. Let's go back in time for a bit because you mentioned earlier uh, you talked about uh, 1980 came up somewhere in your in our interview earlier. I'm not sure how you mentioned it. But um, I, I get thinking back because I grew up obviously in a different part of the country. I'm from up north. I'm a Yankee. Actually, I'm a Met is more accurate. But um, I <laughs> I, uh, I grew up going to the Oswego Speedway and watching the Modifieds there. And, you know, my um, I used to read Gator Racing News and Speedway Scene and all the racing trades and stock car racing and all of that. I mean, I was a I got bit by the racing bug at five, and fortunately, I was I was actually a very uh, advanced reader at that age and started, you know, I may not have known what every word meant, but boy, I could get the gist of it, and I loved looking at the pictures, right? And so I used to hear about Winston-Salem, and I used to hear about Hickory, and I used to hear about all these, these places down here, and to me... Um, you know, they were, they, they were almost temples that I had to come visit someday. And I finally did get down and then I went back and then I got down again and went back. And finally I came down and stayed. I think you guys down here called that a damn Yankee, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, why, why I brought all this up is to say this, um, I want to know what it was like for you because obviously you got to experience and I would, would guess that you probably got to experience as a driver as well as a fan but you i mean richie evans and and jerry cook and bodine and troyer and you know and radford and worley and and all those guys that that i consider the legends of the sport um you know early legends of of the sport of my era as a kid in the 70s and then going into the 80s um I mean, I remember watching Satch Worley come up and win in 1975 at Oswego at the Port City Race um, in the Clarence's Steakhouse 26, and I just thought Satch was some sort of superhero. Like, he came <laughs> up from the South. Like, that was, you know, this guy must be amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, what was it like for you to experience the, your youth watching Modifieds growing up around it, and, and how did that shape 
the the kind of passion and the kind of a, a personality that you wanted to be once you got behind the wheel? You know, I don't know that we ever. I think maybe the first time that it that it clicked, I was older, and um, it was the first year, maybe oh five ish. Okay. The first year that the NASCAR Well and Southern Modified Tour came to Bowman Gray. Okay. And you had a lot of the northern guys that had come down, whether they were driving or just helping or whatever, and they were in awe. Right. They, they we we were we hadn't even got practice started yet. And you see a lot of those guys walking up to the guardrail just looking at the place. And I just kind of joked. My dad was standing there, and I said, what are they doing? And he said, what do, you, what, what do you mean? I said, look at them. It's just a racetrack. And he said, Bert, you don't get it. And I said, what? He said, you grew up here. Exactly. Yep. He said, you grew up here. He said, to people that don't come from this area, this place is a, a, a coliseum. It is. Yep. And, and you know, after then... I, after that time, I started thinking about it a little bit differently. Yeah. And we are so accustomed to, we call it WWE. It's not because it's fake, but it's it's that no, atmosphere I, of, the, you know, a lot I of people use that too. when you say, yeah. yeah, when you say it's WWE, they, they assume you mean because it's fake. No, what I mean by WWE is you are somewhat of a local superstar. Yes. You, you, you have that electricity and yeah. that. You know, whenever you come by and the fans erupt, you can hear, I can almost hear the fans. Yep. And you see the wave of people, and they're eight feet from the racetrack. And and, and then Saturday, Sunday morning when you get up and it's the front page of the newspaper, and and everybody across the country is talking about Bowman Gray Stadium. And we just, I never embraced it. I never thought anything about it. But I will say this. The way that you were talking about Bowman Gray Stadium, I felt about the North. I'm sure. Whenever the first yeah. time I got to go to Thompson, I was like, man, this is Thompson. Yep. And I had a bucket list. Of course, New Hampshire. Everybody jokes and everybody picks on me. And you know what? It's a, I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> My interview, I finished third in Eddie Harvey's car at Loudon. Yep. And I said I was giddy. I've ne- I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> and they still make fun of me. But listen, that's how excited I was just to be a part of it. I didn't feel like I was a minnow swimming with sharks. Right. We were all sharks. Yeah. But just the, the, the as a kid or, and then being younger and growing up racing at tracks down here in the south, that we felt like we had a good grip on and we, we felt like that we, we not mastered those tracks by any means, but we raced there so often that we sure. had a hold on those tracks, Loudon was my Daytona. Yep. Loudon was my Daytona yep. 500. Sure. And, and, and whenever I got to go to chance, I got a chance to go to Loudon, quali- run, you know, top six in practice, qualified eight, ran third. That man, that's, that was, that was a big thing for me um, to be a part of that and to be able to experience that. Yep. And you know what, if I'd finished 12th, I would have still had that same excitement, but to be able to go up there, and and show, I think the respect that I gained maybe, or the respect, the the the, the acknowledgement of yep. hey, you know what, these southern guys can do it too. Yep. Uh, that that made me feel good to be proud of where I was from. But there's several, you know, Stafford was on my list. I got to go to Stafford. Oh, yeah. Oswego's on my list. Um, there's a couple more on there. After watching Jennerstown a couple times on the this year, Jennerstown. Listen, 
the uh, White Mountain. They ran White Mountain. I had yes. Got to rock, yep. Watch that, Monadnock. Of course, a great friend of mine is Dave Sapienza, so he fills me in all this stuff. Oh yeah, and um, there's 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 still listen. I'm not done. I'm not done. And and had we known things were going to play out this year and Bowman Gray wouldn't be racing, I would have probably spent most of my racing season up north this year. Uh, but of course, that was unforeseen. But right, I'm not done racing up north. Well, I that's just, good. My focus, my focus has to be Bowman Gray Stadium. Uh, just because of my lifestyle. And, of course. And, and, you know, people say, I can't believe you'd rather ram, run Bowman Gray than you would, you know, Oswego or whatever. I say, well, it's not about what I would rather do. It's what I have to do. Well, that's right. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, but, but I, I, listen, I, modified racing is hands down the best racing there is. Uh, anybody that tells you different is not being truthful. Uh, you, you talk to the cup guys who stand on their hollers and watch the modified race that talk about they wish they were in that race. Yeah, yeah. And you got your Ryan Newmans and people yep. like that. You got Priest who's still Priest, dying to yep. come back and run every kind still of race. Still does. In the modified. When he can, yeah. I mean, it's it's just, there's nothing like it. Oh, I agree. I mean, I grew up with the Super Modifieds, and you drove one of those ones. So you yeah, know. I got those. <laughs> the first four laps were awesome. Lap yeah. five was something else. Man. Yeah, the fifth one wasn't so much, right? <laughs> it was a doozy. <laughs> Yeah, I've been instructed by my wife. I'm not allowed to drive a super again. So. <laughs> well, that's I. I grew up watching supers in the '70s, and the modifieds would come in, and I always, I mean, there was nothing. You know, we back then, um, Classic Weekend was a big, big deal, and it still is. Obviously, it's the Swigga's biggest race and the biggest super modified race anywhere. And and the modifieds would come in, and you, you know, you come out of time trials for the Supers on Saturday afternoon, and, and he would look kind of to your right as you came out of the grandstand where the car staged before they crossed into the track, and there'd be like 75 modified sitting there, and it's like, oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was yeah. incredible. And so, you know, to for for me to be able to be a part of what happened this this past weekend uh, at Caraway and knowing that Caraway obviously is a track that's heavily it supported the modifieds for a long, long time, and to be able to to see the smart tour come back and see the race that it was, uh, and I, and I love the storyline, uh, obviously of Brian Lofton getting the win, and you know, and, and Grady, the last one, last last one to win, uh, the uh, the the from the the chapter one of the smart tours history uh, becomes the first one to win in chapter two, um, you know that's pretty well, darn that, cool. That's why I let him win, so it'd be a good story. <laughs> <Well>, very generous <laughs> no, of kidding. you, Bert. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's very generous. He's going to be our next guest, by the yeah. way. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's it was a really I thought it was a really uh, you know kind of a triumphant return for everybody, and you know. You know, the the things that uh, obviously you're not going to please everybody no matter how hard you try, and the things that that went wrong can be fixed. And uh, you know it's uh, it's obviously going to get better as it goes on. Uh, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk with you and and congratulate you on a great run and uh, spend some time letting our audience get to know you a little bit. Look forward to doing more of this uh, as as time goes forward here. Bert, thanks for taking some time to. Uh, be with us on the podcast and look forward to uh, seeing what's next for the Smart Modified Tour. I know we're going to have some announcements uh, pretty darn quick. Yeah, we're we're on the verge. Um, of course, our restrictions that we're under here in North Carolina are, are putting a damper on it. 
Yeah. Uh, but we're supposed to, I think our governor's supposed to make an announcement on September 11th. Well, actually, uh, so, I heard there's an announcement coming tomorrow. I don't know what oh, it's going to okay. be, but uh, just saw, yeah, some breaking news that he's going to announce something tomorrow. So uh, well, that's, that, hopefully, hopefully it's positive. Behind it. You know, yeah, exactly. So maybe that's, uh, maybe we can get going sooner than we, we expect. But, yeah, September 11th is the date we've all been keying on for uh, hopefully going to the next stage here. But, uh, yeah, sounds like we may have some good news tomorrow. But uh, we'll keep track of that and certainly uh, – Look forward to circling back with you again soon, Bert. Thanks for being on. Yep, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. That is Bert Myers. We are going to step aside. When we come back, we'll have more Mainly Modifieds. Brian Lofton, who picked up the win on Saturday night at Caraway in the Smart Modified Tour 99, will be joining us right around the turn. Stay with us. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. You've seen the paintings. The Thanksgiving turkey being served at grandma's. The weathered farmer sending his baby-faced son off to college. Now be sure and write. The wise police officer sitting at the soda bar, talking a young boy out of running away from home. Where are you going, son? Norman Rockwell didn't create the best in us. He just inspired the best. Inspiration. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds. As we uh, continue with the program, we move from the second-place finisher, Burt Myers, straight to the winner of Saturday night's race at Caraway Speedway, the Smart Modified Tour 99. Uh, Brian Lofton has joined us now. And, uh, Brian, first of all, uh, great to have you on the Mainly Modifieds podcast and uh, certainly was a uh, a strong performance out of you Saturday night ended up picking up the win and uh, the Hollywood ending, so to speak. Uh, you know, the last uh, car that uh, won in the Smart Tour in Chapter One of their history becomes the uh, first to win in Chapter Two, and here you are now, uh, having won that race. And when you look back on Saturday, uh, share some thoughts with us. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, and I appreciate your coverage and and everything with Modifieds. Um, yeah, it really was, a, you know, a storybook day, a great day for us. You know, the Jeffries had won also the inaugural first uh, smart modified race yes. themselves. So, I mean, those guys, I mean, they deserve most of the credit. They they put together a great race car, and, you know, I was – Really, just lucky to, that they trusted me to, to sit beside the, behind the uh, steering wheel and hold it for them. You know, they 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 did all the, the good work and had everything set up perfect. And uh, you know, everything goes to them. Talk a little bit about for those in our audience who may not be familiar with who you are and in, in your background and how all of this came together for you with uh, Grady and and his team. Talk about how you got started in racing and just kind of walk us through your career for a couple of minutes. Well, my dad raced modified, so I came up around it and, you know, it's all I ever wanted to do growing up idolizing my father, of course. Um, so then when I got the chance when I was about 19, started racing modifieds and, 
came up through running the smart and, and got to where we were running pretty good. And then it went to the NASCAR and we were able to win a championship with NASCAR and yes. pick up some wins along the way. And, um, then kind of got into fatherhood and, and laid back a little bit from my racing career as far as my own team, because it's just tough to manage a team and all the work that goes For into sure. it and yeah. all the stress that comes with it. So kind of took a step back from that and really didn't have any plans as far as driving anymore, you know, and, Last year, they called me one night whenever Gershner couldn't make uh, a race at Bowen Gray, and we were able to get lucky and win that one, and kind of that built on to them asking me to drive again this year. So, you know, really fortunate, really lucky, and, and really happy that they trusted in me and believed in me enough to, to give me a shot. Hopefully, good things can still be coming after this. Did you punt Gershner out of the ride, or what? Well, how did, what happened there? No, I think Jeremy wanted to uh, to uh, to do some more northern races, from what they said. And you know, it was kind of they wanted to stay more down south, and you know, they're a family-oriented team as far as you know. Grady Senior works oh, on the course. car. Travis, which Grady Senior's grandson, Grady Junior. So traveling isn't really something they're into. You know, Jeremy's been. I think he's ran three or four of the northern tour races already, and that's just tough to do whenever you've got jobs and a lot of family stuff going on in the homestead there to, to travel all the time and be gone so far. Yeah, it is for sure. It is definitely a big commitment. Uh, and, you know, it uh, it seemed on Saturday night, I mean, really, you, you seem consistent throughout the entire race, uh, but it really felt like you got it almost, it, maybe it was just part and partial of kind of other people coming and going, but it seemed like you got stronger uh, as the race went on. Was that Was that because you kind of did lay back just a touch early on, or, or was it was it just you know through the pit stop changing tires? I mean, what walk us through your race from your perspective? Well, that's the good part about our series and and, and our races is you know it's not like one car can just go out there and dominate the whole time because the tires just won't hold it. We had figured out in practice that about thirty to forty laps was the time the tires really started dropping off. So we had planned to kind of maintain and not really try and push the issue and go for the lead or even go for the the 30-lap money there, the bonus money yeah. they were giving out as much because we didn't know where the cautions were going to fall out as far as the halfway point. So we kind of wanted to maintain and just keep the leaders in sight. And then whenever we knew it was go time with 30 to go, try and give it all we got and, and see where we, the cards shook out. Well, it certainly uh, paid off for you for sure, and that had to be – um, you know, a real thrill. I mean, I know that, you know, obviously you had the, um, you know, you were behind uh, and, and Tim, uh, you know, had the issue on the restart and, and all that happened. And, and it was kind of like, wow, look at this. I'm out front and on my way to the win. I mean, did that kind of, when did it sort of settle in that you were actually leading the race and about to pick up where you left off, so to speak, uh, on, on, on the Smart Modified Tour? Well, I actually didn't know what happened. I mean, I was I was doing I. Good to, to run him down there and, and hoping that whenever his tires leveled off, because he had a little better tire on than we did. He, yeah. he pitted a little later than we did, so I was hoping that his tires leveled off and we were able to get back to him. Because we had a great car all day. I really felt like we had the best car all day. You know? But, you know, when I saw him pull down, I was like, wow, did he break? What what just happened? I, did, I didn't understand all that took place. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you found yourself leading and crossed the finish line first. And uh, did you kind of get to victory lane and say, what in the world just happened? Yes, sir, exactly. Um, you know, 
I hate that for anybody. Nobody wants to to win on the technicality yeah, or sure. you know have another driver have misfortune for them to to win. But like I say, I, I felt like we had the best car all day, and the you know circumstances that kind of got us in second place anyway. I feel like we we should have the best car did win the race, even though we might have been a little bit behind on tire there. But that point, uh, I felt like that we definitely were deserving of the win as well. So looking at what you saw um, in the overall show from a big-picture standpoint, um, you know, what are your thoughts on the return of the Smart Tour and kind of how things went, and what would you like to see in terms of maybe some things changed or tweaked or added or subtracted? Or, you know, what what are your thoughts overall on the way uh, things went and were presented and the way everything happened on Saturday? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank everyone who spent their time, effort, and, you know, all they did as far as putting together the Smart Series. You know, Southern Modifieds, we need a tour down here. There's enough cars, enough drivers, and enough quality. Totally you know, agree. All around to, to support a series. So we definitely need racing down here in the south as far as Modifieds go. And all those guys did a fabulous job putting it together, especially in such short time. Of course, yeah. organization was something that's put together like that in the first race, and especially as quick as it was. You know, it wasn't quite where it needed to be, and I think that everybody will learn from that and, and grow on that without a doubt. Um, you know, just everybody at the first race saying, well, what about this, what about that? The rules kind of learning as you go, and that sort of thing is definitely going to take place as well. Um, you know, the the late race thing there, I, I can't say that I, I necessarily – Mr. Hoots definitely made the right call, but I can't say that I, I think that that's the way a race should finish. You know, that was definitely spelled out to us as far as this is what happens if you jump the start, and I feel like he definitely did go early. Yeah. But I hate to see somebody lose it, like I said, earlier on a technicality. So I, I feel like we should probably look at, at some of that stuff and some of the competition side of it a little bit. Um, the pit stop, some tracks we go to could be a little bit challenging as far as the, the pit stop side of it as far as safety for the teams um so we've definitely got some things and some issues to, to iron out but uh overall i thought it was a great show and i hope all the fans enjoyed it and hopefully just like me and grady we can keep on building on that and we can we can make this series a good thing yeah so much history there uh w- with with grady and with that team what's it like for you do, do you ha- do you ever kind of stop to appreciate? I mean, I know you know. I was talking to Bert just before you came on, and and I asked Bert. I said, you know, I was explaining how I grew up, you know, at, at Oswego Speedway up north, watching Super Modifieds race. But the Modifieds would come in, and I'd see guys come from down here, Satch Worley and Paul Radford, and guys like that that would go up. Satch won a race up there, um, and you know, I was asking him about the aspect of appreciating. The, the the history and the and the drivers and the tracks and all of that sort of thing and he kind of said you know it it we get so busy we're looking at the next race and racing the next race and you're kind of so busy in the middle of it you don't necessarily stop all the time to appreciate it but I look at a team like like the team you drive for, which I, I even love the name Shady Grady Racing. I think that's just that, that we Absolutely. don't have <laughs> best we name don't, racing without a doubt. We don't have enough of those cool nicknames anymore. That's that's uh, right. but uh, but I mean I look at teams like 
like that. And, you know, I understand that, that those people have been around. It's like up north when bowlers team, the three car, the old blue, you know, or the mystic missile or, you know, there's there's cars that just um, they've been around forever. Do you get a chance to really sit and think about how amazing it is to drive for somebody with that kind of history in the sport? Well, one thing I love, I mean, I'm a, I'm a modified nerd. I love hearing about the old, old times and old yeah, stories. Me and too. I, I'm a fan at heart who just gets, me you know, too. I'm, I'm, that's what made me want to drive. Is Amen, the fact I love them so much and love racing so much and love that aspect of it. So whenever they want to tell stories, you know, we'll sit around and I'm, I'm in awe, you know, just like I almost wish that I was born back in the 70s and 80s. I feel like that was the heyday of some it was. racing when, yep. when everybody built it. They yep. took pieces of junk that they built themselves yep. and did the best they could with it instead of buying all the stuff. And that is a lot the way that Shady Grady still set up. You know, they don't, they, you know, Senior maintains the uh, motors and builds the motors and makes the bodies and the nerf bars. And, you know, he's out there all the time tinkering on the cars. Junior makes all the calls as far as the setup stuff. It's not, not like they have, you know, uh, some engineer come in and help them with stuff. It's all, you know, old school type racing that they do. And, you know, for them to compete with the teams that, that spend the big dollars and have the, the big resources and, and the, you know, the latest technology stuff, they don't really go after that. They're more old school as far as the way they look at things. And I tell you what, their track record shows what kind of team they are. I mean, you know, it don't matter who they put in the seat. It's that driver's probably going to win some races. And that's why I say I'm a lucky guy that they believed in me and gave me a shot. Well, it, uh, it, you certainly look good on Saturday night. Is there a particular track um, that you most enjoy racing on in the South? Uh, maybe a track that you'd love to see the, the series go to? Uh, one place that I would love to go to, I, I used to love Motor Mile Speedway. You know, of course, everybody loves Concord down here, but I used to love the Motor Mile Speedway. But uh, drive my father's vintage car, we went to um, – uh, Old Dominion, the new Old Dominion Speedway, and that place was really a show place. I'd love to see us go up there. Yeah, um, Carteret County, I'd love to see us go there. A little bull ring, I think we could put on a great show right there, too. Um, there's so many good tracks down here, and, and I just hope that the car count stays up, that everybody keeps supporting the series, and that we can you know, bring people to remember what modified racing was and should be here in the South as well. For sure. Okay, so uh, you, got, you got a number of... Um marketing partners and uh i want to ask you about uh, the big one that i saw on the car because uh anyone who takes a good look at me knows i'm a foodie um and i love a good meal so uh the carriage house restaurant in winston-salem talk about it it's a really good place to eat you know uh, I, I don't get by there as much as i need to uh that's Actually, my father's favorite restaurant. He goes by there all the time. The uh, owners of the place—they're always there, shaking hands. You know, it's it's kind of like your old school diner that that everybody would go to. Not diner because it's nicer than a diner, but the the owners there shaking hands, making sure everybody's happy with their food. You don't get that kind of service that you know your big chains anymore. This place here's it's something that you uh, you go sit down at and and you're going to be taken care of and you're going to enjoy your meal. What kind of uh, menu they got there? They've got about anything you want. Um, you know, I, I think the people are, are Greeks who run the place, and, you know, they can do anything oh. from Slovakia on up, uh, spaghettis and you name it, they've got it. 
used to have a, a Greek-run diner right in my home city in Oswego, and I, I tell you, I lived there. Uh, man, that was good stuff. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about your other sponsors. I know you uh, tell me t- tell me your sponsors, and uh, we'll go through and, and let you talk about them one at a time. You're kind of putting me on the spot here because. Uh, oh, I'll help you. I got it. I listen. I came prepared, man. I got it in front of me. So, uh, I mean, we out. We got we got joyous eating L and R transmission. Uh, uh, go ahead and, and and talk about them if you like. Well, L and R transmission is the family business that uh, my father started and owns, and you know that's where I work every day. So, kind of got a little inside uh, track on on getting that one on the car. Um, the joy of seating, obviously, they do great work with seats. You know, I, I wouldn't sit in anything else. They're just the most comfortable seats there is. Um, got Ernest Performance Shocks. I mean, the shocks speak for themselves. They, uh, You look at them, they went all across the country. Um, Terracon, that's, that's uh, Travis's. Uh, where Travis, the grandson there of Shady Grady works. And it's, uh, he was able to get them on board with us. Um um, are we, are we leaving anybody out there? Ah, see, uh, let's talk about Brendan and Jane Photography. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, wonderful pictures. You can look all over their uh, Facebook page, and, uh, you know, they take care of, of all the, the marketing side of it there with great pictures and, and keeping everything up to snuff on that side. TDS Performance Products. Uh, Tom Strupp, you know, he... he started his own business a couple of years ago and he takes care of a lot of the modified racers um, as far as the sport and, and products that he keeps in stock and really looks after everybody down here. And uh, unique coatings. That's, uh, I mean, obviously look at this car. The, their cars are always one of the sharpest cars and, um, you know, the, the powder coating job that's done on them is, is second to none. They, they take the cars down about every year and Get them recoded, and I mean their their cars obviously just always look good. There you go. Well, uh, that's that's all the ones I got. Uh, I always teach the younger drivers that I coach that uh, if you're going to do a phoner, bring a list of sponsors to the phone with you. So that <laughs> <laughs> Out of practice a little bit. That's that, tip. See, it's like that old right guard commercial. Never let them see you sweat, man. That's there you that's go. what you got. That's that's the whole thing there, right? So, uh, but uh, it was a great uh, performance and a really cool win for you guys on Saturday night, and uh, great to to meet you for the first time and looking forward to uh, uh, talking with you a lot more as we go through the season here. I know we got uh, hopefully a positive announcement coming from uh, the guy in Raleigh uh, tomorrow and uh, hopefully uh, maybe we'll get some more shows in uh, in the next uh, several weeks as we get into the month of September. That would be great. I know everybody's still dying to go race more and like I say, modifieds around here. Just just getting started on what we can show the fans that we can do if we can get even more cars out to the track. Thanks for being on, Brian. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. That is Brian Lofton, and uh, we're going to be back to uh, wrap things up on Mainly Modifieds right after this. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider, complete motorcycle air suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. A lot has changed from when Nola Osh started school. 
until the time she finished. When I received my diploma, it was a big to-do. At 95 years young, Nola became the world's oldest college graduate. If we don't concentrate on our ages, we go ahead and do things as if we were younger. So no matter how old you are, live life and pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds as we uh, begin our closing segment here for this week's podcast, but uh, didn't want to get out of here without giving some more details about what took place on Saturday night. There were 16 cars in action at Caraway as Chapter 2 of the Smart Modified Tour began. Uh, A couple of practice sessions went pretty much without incident. John Holloman had a few problems, uh, electrical type problems with the 69 car, but so they were able to fix that in time for qualifying. Jason Myers ended up turning the fast time of the day and qualifying to pick up the New Day Motorsports Precision Built Spindles Pole Award. And then I think it was the top eight that redrew, which put 10-time Bowman Gray Stadium champion Tim Brown on the pole with Holloman, ironically enough, ended up starting on the outside. Holloman took the early lead and led for a number of laps before James Savali came on with the Hillbilly Racing 79, and James, along with Burt Myers and John Smith, would put on a well of the of a show for the first 30 laps of the event, which comprised stage one, the race being run in two stages. We'll tell you about uh, the end of the first stage in a moment. A uh, couple of cautions during the first part of the event. Uh, Gary Putnam was racing John Holloman for sixth place when... Um, tagged him just a little bit and sent Holloman spinning. Holloman restarted at the tail of the field, and then um, a couple of laps from the end of the stage, Putnam spun on his own in turn four. So we had a couple of opportunities to see the Citrusave choose cone and the Smart Chevrolet restart box come into play in stage one. And at the end of 30 laps, it was Savali, Myers, and Smith, and they collected $300, $200, and $100, respectively, for their efforts to finish top three at the end of that stage. A number of drivers, including Savali and Smith, made pit stops before the beginning of stage two. No pit stop was mandatory, uh, which really created a situation where we had a number of different strategies that we saw play out. Some drivers running hard in the first stage, then making a pit stop to change a tire. Some not making a pit stop, but running hard. And uh, it kind of went on from there. Uh, Over the course of the final 69 laps, Myers, Burt Myers, that is, uh, took command at the start of the second stage, led a bunch of laps. And we saw drivers like Tom Buzzy, Jason Myers, Tim Brown, uh, Jeremy Gerstner, and Daniel Yates, who was having a really nice run with the 18 car among those who were kind of coming and going in and out of the top five as the second stage got underway, we had one um, fairly serious incident in which on lap 49, John Savali lost the handle on his hillbilly racing car and stopped in the middle of turns three and four. Mike Norman uh, ended up tagging him uh, in the left front area, left uh, side of the 79 both cars being towed to the pits and ended up out of the action. Tough break for both of those drivers. Um, mass pit stops after that incident. And Tim Brown and Dennis Holdren being the only drivers at that point who stayed on the track 
Um, Brown led for a couple of laps. Then he sort of slipped back a little bit, just, I think, playing a little bit of, of strategy here. Burt Myers, Tom Buzzy, Jeremy Gerstner, Daniel Yates, Zach Brewer, all again settling into the top five and uh, basically remained relatively in that order. It was a good race going on amongst them. Uh, Brewer ended up spinning on lap 69, bringing out another caution. Uh, Tim Brown started back toward the front and through the 70s laps um, was moving toward uh, first place and ended up regaining the lead with 16 laps left. And then came lap 92. Jeremy Gerstner spun, set up a seven-lap shootout, and track officials felt that Brown jumped the restart, which, according to the PRA rulebook that uh, the race was operating under, demanded that uh, Brown be black flagged. And that's what happened. Race director David Hoots black flagged him, which left Brian Lofton out front with uh, both Myers and pretty much everybody else on his heels. Uh, nobody challenged uh, Lofton in the closing laps. He ended up taking the win. Burt Myers finishing in second. Jason Myers third. Gary Putnam rebounded for fourth. Jeremy Gerstner finished in fifth. And then Daniel Yates finished sixth. And for his efforts, he received the Carolina Drilling Hard Charger Award for the event. Finishing in seventh with Zach Brewer. John Holloman hung in there for an eighth place finish. Tim Brown ninth. John Smith tenth. And the rest of the finishing order, Dennis Holdren, Tom Buzzy, Jimmy Wallace, Mike Norman, James Savali, and Daniel Beeson through 16th place. That is the way that it happened on Saturday night at the Caraway Speedway Shady Grady Racing. Uh, and Brian Lofton enjoying the fruits of victory. And uh, certainly good to hear from both Burt Myers and Brian uh, on this show, we're going to try to get a couple of more drivers on next week's show as well. And uh, we'll see if we can get um, Chris Williams, who is uh, basically shepherding the new incarnation of the Smart Modified Tour to uh, talk with us as well. And we'll keep you up to date on what's going on up north with the Modifieds because, of course, uh, they've got some a couple of races still left to go. Uh, we're going to keep you up to date with everything that's going on. Wanted to focus on this week's podcast on what was happening in the South because this, of course, is a big uh, sort of shift for Southern Modified Racing. And, uh, you know, the, the end goal is obviously a return to prominence uh, for the Modifieds in the South with the rebirth of the Smart Modified Tour. Announcements will be coming about future events for 2024, the tour, and we will keep you up to date with all the details as uh, they happen. So with that, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening to Mainly Modifieds this week. We hope you'll share it with all your racing friends so we can have an even bigger party on next week's show and again, welcome back to the Smart Modified Tour in 2020. Have a safe racing weekend, everyone, and a safe week as well. So long. You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. 
Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.